Good morning. Welcome to Clinton United Methodist Church. My name is Pastor Michael. I'm happy to see you all here on this beautiful day that God has made, the fourth Sunday after Pentecost. Um, don't have any funny antidotes this morning. I'll have to work on that. There's a spider hanging right there. That's a, that's a, long, that's a long drop. I'm, I'm a land mammal. I'm supposed to stay on the ground. Anyway, um, I'm going to hand it over to Lisa, who's going to tell you all kinds of fun and exciting things, and we'll go from there. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. And happy Father's Day. What a nice day to celebrate. Some of our announcements this morning. Um, worship is inside, obviously. Uh, mask is still required, but you are able to sing now with your mask on, please. Um, if you're coming in from the outside, just try to remember to bring your hymnal with you because you, we kind of all gave most of those out. out. Uh, Vacation Bible School, we are looking to have that the first Monday through Thursday in August. And Linda, both Lindas, need some help with that. And it's going to be in the evening. So if you're able to help with that, just let one of those ladies know. Um, as far as our positions, most of them are filled. But if you're not currently serving on a committee and you would like to, please let Pastor Michael know. The vendor show is still scheduled for September 18th. We are still in need of vendors, so if you know anybody who sells Tupperware or Avon or anything like that, uh, maybe get them in contact with Sheila so we can get them here for that fundraiser. Office hours are running right now Monday through Thursday, 10 to 1. Um, we're still in need of some items, recipes for the cookbook. We want to get that going pretty soon so that we can have that out. Um, let's see, when are we? The cookbook. I don't know if we're going to get sell that, try to sell that maybe during the rummage sale or our November craft show, I think it is. Um, we're still collecting those plastic caps. Please make sure, though, that they are cleaned when you bring them in. The Amazon Smiles program is still available. If you'd like to sign up for that, that earns us cash. It's very similar to the Bushes um, for education program. So we just got our first Amazon Smile deposit for $8.17. So, <laughs> um, so if you're not sure how to hook that up, just uh, ask either Dottie or I, and we can help you with that. Um, the upcoming events this week... Um, Line dancing, farmer's market, the ice cream social is on Thursday, and we still need some people to help with cleanup. So that would be about 6.30, 7 o'clock. And if you're able to help with that, could you please just let Sheila know so that she you know, is a no, knows who's coming and um, doesn't have to do that all by herself. The other thing that we have is we still have some free tickets for... Uh, circus that is in Toledo. These are free children's tickets with one adult admission. So if anybody would like one of those, um, you can see us after church and we'll give you some of those tickets. 
And I think that's all of the announcements really for today. Did I miss anything, Pastor? Not that I'm remembering. Okay. Okay, so we'll start our morning uh, with our call to worship. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. The Lord hears the cries of the people. Give Give thanks thanks to to the the Lord. The works of the Lord are great. Remember what God has done. Give Give thanks thanks to to the the Lord. God has done miracles, and the Lord always remembers God's covenant. Give thanks to the Lord. Glory and praise is due to the Lord. Now if you'll join me, our first hymn is number 127. Guide me, O thou great Jehovah. Guide me, O thou great Jehovah, pilgrim through this barren land. I am weak, but thou art mighty, hold me with thy powerful hand. Bread of heaven, bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more, feed me till I want no more. Open now the crystal fountain, whence the healing stream doth flow. Let the fire and cloudy pillar lead me all my journey through. Strong deliverer, strong deliverer, be thy still my strength and shield. Be thou still my strength and shield. When I tread the verge of Jordan, bid my anxious fear subside. Death of death and hell's destruction, land me safe on Canaan's side. Songs of praises, songs of praises, I will ever give to thee. I will ever give to thee. Our opening prayer this morning. Please join me. O God, who knows our every need before we can even ask, you provide all our needs and some of our wants. You bless us all, make us truly thankful and empower us to bless others from the gifts you have given us. For the glory of your name, amen. Our second hymn is number 613, O Thou Who This Mysterious Bread. Return here with us. 
Please join together with me aloud in our prayer for illumination. Let the wisdom of your word rain down on us like manna and feed us that we may be strengthened to do the work to which we are called for the glory and honor of your name. Amen. Our first scripture reading this morning is Philippians 1, verses 21 through 30. For to me, living is Christ, and dying is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me, and I do not know which I prefer. I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary for you. Since I am convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with all of you for your progress and joy in faith, so that I may share abundantly in your boasting in Christ Jesus when I come to you again. Only live your life in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent and hear about you, I will know that you are standing firm in one spirit, striving side by side with one mind for the faith of the gospel, and are in no way intimidated by your opponents. For them, this is evidence of their destruction, but of your salvation. And this is God's doing. For he has graciously granted you the privilege, not only of believing in Christ, but of suffering for him as well. Since you are having the same struggle that you saw I had, and now hear that I still have, the word of God for the people of God, and you say, Thanks Thanks be be to God. God. Great is God's mercy toward us. Let us offer a portion of what God has given with humble and grateful hearts.
blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory. This is my song. 
giver of all good gifts, thank you for the resources gathered here. Use these gifts for the advancement of your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now is our time for our youth moment. If our youth and children would come on up front, um, we're going to grab one of the blue chairs to sit in. Um, and if you are outside and want to come in on and join us, we are ready and waiting for you. Good morning. How you guys doing? Good. Everybody awake? No, you didn't have your coffee either, huh? 99% awake? Yeah. Pastor didn't get his coffee this morning, so he's, uh, he's kind of flying on, on last night's energy. Oh. Hey, do you want a chair? Yeah, I know what that's like. You slept good? Josh, I think they heard us. Remember last week we didn't know where everybody was? They're here. Pretty cool, huh? All right. Now, when you guys had Sunday school earlier this year, did you guys learn about Moses? Yeah. What did you guys learn about Moses? Uh, Do you remember? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> what did you learn about Moses? That's right. And then when they freed everybody, do you know what happened after that? Nope. Did that? Did you guys cover that in Sunday school or not yet? Okay. What? What? Yeah. Go ahead. Um, I remember at Sunday school, um, I did. We did a thing Uh huh. Okay. So after Moses helped freed all the slaves, the Israelites, they went out into the wilderness. Now there's some debates on what that actually is. Because a lot of times when we hear that people are out in the wilderness, what do we think of? Forest. Forest, what about you? Yeah, like, yeah, definitely. Oh. Um, it also, because of where they were living, could have been out in a desert area. Um, 
they probably saw all kinds of animals out there. Um, so they were out in the wilderness, and in parts of Scripture, it says they were wandering. makes it sound like they were lost. I don't think they were really lost, but that's another story for another day. Well, they're out there, and they get hungry. Do you guys ever get hungry? No? Yeah? Some, you get hungry a lot? What about you? Do you get hungry? Oh. Grab a snack, yeah. You get hungry sometimes? A lot. Do you get hungry sometimes? What about you? Do you get hungry sometimes? Yeah. Oh, that's handy. What is your favorite snack? What's your go-to snack when you're hungry? Uh, blueberries. Blueberries, okay. Goldfish, those are good. What about you? She's still thinking. What's your go-to snack? Okay, what about you? What now? Oh, Doritos, sorry. Oh, Cheetos, sorry. Pastor Michael has allergy problems and his ears get plugged. What about you? What's your go-to snack? Strawberries. See, you guys all picked good stuff. My go-to snack is usually, if I have one, a giant popsicle. All snacks? Yeah. So you guys know how you can get the, the two popsicles that you put in the freezer? They come in a box. Usually they're about this big. If you go to GFS and sometimes some other stores, they sell ones that are this big. And I got the last two boxes when I went the other day. <clears throat> um, they're, they're huge. Um, and that's my go-to snack. So Moses is out there with the people, and they start complaining. And as you guys get older and you hear more stories in the Old Testament, you'll find out that the Israelites, they complain a lot about everything. Yeah. Um, so they say that they're really hungry. And so Moses goes to God, and he's like, I, I don't know what to do with these people. I need your help. So, so God ends up helping feed them. And one of the things he helps feed them with is called manna. Now, I had hoped to make some manna and bring it for you guys. And then when I read the recipe, I decided uh, none of us should suffer like that. So manna is unleavened bread. Um, and it's, it's not... The Bible makes it sound like it's really tasty. I'm not sure I believe that. Um, I don't know that it would pass a Food Network recipe audit. But it was really, the way the Bible describes it is that it's almost like frost. So it's really light and kind of fluffy. And it says it tastes like it has honey in it. Um, so maybe it is good, I don't know. But that's what... I like honey, too. Um, I like honey on biscuits. That's really good. But that's the bread that God gave them to eat, to eat, to eat. And then at nighttime, God sent a bunch of quails 
to land in the camp they were at so they would have meat. Now, have you guys ever had quail before? Me neither. And I was watching something on Food Network the other day, and they talked about using, I think they said squab, which is a kind of bird, apparently. And then one of the announcers called it pigeon. And I know you guys know what pigeons are. I don't know about you, but I, I yeah, I, I do not want to eat pigeons. I, I came from Chicago. Those are not, the, we used to call them flying rats. You do not, I don't think I'd like pigeon, yes. Oh, okay. Very cool. So quail, I have been told, tastes a lot better than pigeon. Um, it is a delicacy in some places. Um, and the only reference I have for quail is they're, they're kind of fat little birds that can fly, and they usually have a little thing coming out of the top of their head, and they run around, and it's really funny to watch. Yes? I bet they probably do taste like chicken. But they're, but I don't think they get super big, and, and I'd, I'd rather have the chicken. Um, anywho, so that's how God helps feed them. Um, and they ate that manna and those quail for 40 years. That is a really long time. Do you guys ever get tired of eating the same thing over and over again? I, I used to get I used to get tired of eating peanut butter and jelly for lunch when I was younger, and I asked my mom for something else, and she, she'd give me something else every once in a while, but we usually ended up back at peanut butter and jelly after a while. Um, but that's okay, because it was good and healthy, and it was better than a lot of other things you could eat. But they ate the same thing for 40 years. Now, I imagine they might have found fun ways to do stuff with that food, but I don't think they had really done anything like, you know, I don't think they had quail tacos with manna or, you know, they weren't sous vide anything. Yes. Okay, so so he understands what they were going through. Yes. I like ramen too, so I'm I'm with you. I'm I'm wondering though, for all the the kids that were with the Israelites, did they maybe make quail nuggets? I don't know. Um, yeah. See, I don't know if they had any geese, but they could have maybe made quail burgers or the quail eggs, like she said. I'd, I don't know. They, the Bible only gives us bits and pieces of the story, so we don't know for sure all what they were making. But So that was one way that God helped feed them so that they could make it. And they had that all the way till they got to the promised land in Canaan. 
And then a bunch of other stuff happened, but that's for another day. So, you guys, you, you thought about a time you were really hungry. You th we've talked about snacks and food. Are there other ways that you get hungry that aren't maybe in your tummy? Are there other ways you can be hungry? What do you think? What do you think? In your brain? Yeah, I think you can be hungry in your brain. What about you? Hungry in your bones? Yeah, I could see that. Um, one of the ways that I think people get hungry sometimes is spiritually. When, so when you eat your food, your body breaks that down into nutrients and stuff your body needs so you can keep going and have energy and grow and be strong and fight off diseases. Well, if we don't feed ourselves spiritually, we can get, we can get hangry. You guys know what hangry is? That's right, when you're hungry and angry. We talked about that a little bit last week with Snicker bars. Um, and you can get hangry spiritually, too. When, when you don't get to be around other people who are living good lives like God wants us to live, when you don't get to be around all the good stuff that we, we do as Christians, we can get hangry spiritually. Yeah. Absolutely. That is a gr very good example. Yes. Oh. You see that guy right there? His, his, his line goes all the way to the ceiling. He's right here. I wonder if he's hungry. I got news for you, buddy. We're, we're a little too big to eat. Now... I, I'll be honest, I don't know what animals and insects, what they understand about God. But this little guy's got some serious faith. Um, sorry, off topic. Anywho, so what are some ways that we can help feed other people? What are some other ways we can help feed people other than maybe like our food pantry. What are some other ways? Absolutely. That helps feed their imagination and their and helps feed their playtime. Yeah. Okay. Could we help feed people by being good people and and loving them? Is that a way we can help feed people, you think? Yeah. Can you guys do that? Can you, you know, can you love each other? And even sometimes the people that aren't so nice to us, can we still love them? Yeah. I know it can be hard sometimes. Well, bullies can, can definitely make it hard, but we always want to try to love everyone we can, including this little spider. 
Were you gonna say something? Okay. Um, I, I will tell you that uh, I should not have watched Alien last night. Anyway. All right, so you guys did a really good job and I know you're probably gonna start getting hungry in a little bit. Um, and, and we have our suckers hiding up there somewhere. Um, but before we do the suckers real quick, can we do the Lord's, can we do the Lord's prayer together? Can you guys help me with that? You ready? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. You guys did an awesome job. Maybe the spider just wants a, a sucker. Oh, no, let's maybe leave him there. He seems unhappy about that. Oh, Mike. <laughs> all right, you guys did awesome. Go ahead and head back to your seats, all right? Thank you. And uh, Charlotte here is going for the floor, I think. Or me. So I'm going to move. I actually kind of wish it was Charlotte. We could come in finding words like grace and mercy, quadrilateral. All right, if you would please join me in an attitude of prayer. Um, this morning, one of the announcements that I forgot to give to Lisa, there are free tomato plants um, outside by the front door. And uh, if you are interested, you can come work in the veggie garden every Wednesday at 9.30. Uh, for more information, you would want to speak with Lucy Trussler. I think I got that right. Um, and then our prayer requests. Um, we have uh, Lisa's sister-in-law, Barbara, who received the results of her biopsy. Um, and she has colon cancer. She's going to see an oncologist to see what uh, treatments are available. So prayers for her and for her daughter, um, who is her caregiver, um, and has also been informed that she may have leukemia. Um, so please keep them in your prayers. Um, prayers also for Lisa's granddaughter, Kenzie Lou. Uh, she is five weeks old. She is receiving her first gene therapy treatment um, on the 18th. 
which was Friday. Um, it's the same kind of thing that her uh, older brother uh, had and had seen some good results with, so we're praying for her and um, all of her family that they will, those same treatments will help her. Um, we have prayers for Fred Bauman, who is waiting for cancer test results. Um, a friend of Sheila, Linda, her son Scott, and his young children Penny and Theo are in need of prayers for safety. Um, his wife, Rebecca, is uh, battling drug addiction and has been in treatment for 10 weeks, um, has now left treatment and is using again, so prayers for all of them. Um, we're still praying for Dee Warner and her family, hoping that she will uh, be found. She's been missing now for well over a month uh, from her home. Um, a former colleague and friend of Sheila's, Chris Smith, uh, just had a second, second stem cell transplant to fight multiple myeloma uh, prayers for his healing. Um, and continued prayers for Wilda and Paul. Um, Wilda is home and doing uh, a little bit better each day. Uh, so continued prayers for her healing and for uh, strength for Paul as he does uh, everything he can to um, help keep her comfortable and feeling better. Let us pray for the needs of the world, saying, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Holy God, who hears our cries and pities our groans, you are ever faithful. We come to you with our petitions for ourselves and our community, for our church and its leaders, that they may be of open mind and open heart, that they might be the Christian leaders you have called them to be, and that the church be an instrument of love, justice, and peace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For our community and global community in our country, that all may be peaceful, fair, and respectful of all peoples, no matter their religion, color, gender, sexual orientation, or kind of government. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For our local community and all of the needs and challenges that we find there within. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For those who are overlooked in our society, the poor, the hungry, the young, the old, the bereaved, and the oppressed, help us to see them and to be with them. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For all of the special intentions that we hold in our own hearts and lift now quietly, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Gracious and loving God, we know that you hear us and are always with us, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Trusting in God's mercy, let us confess our sins against God and our neighbors. If you would please join me aloud in our prayer of confession. Gracious God, we have sought after things, but we have not sought after you. We have expected generosity, but we have not shown generosity. We have not been gracious or grateful. 
we have failed to remember all that you have done. Forgive us and fill our hearts with gratitude. Help us to share our gifts and strengthen our legs so that we can run after you, O God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please take a few moments now for silent prayer and confession. People of God, our sins are forgiven. We are reconciled to God. Let us therefore love one another with gratitude in our hearts and praise on our lips. Amen. If you will please join me for our affirmation of faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven, is seated at the right hand of the Father, and will come, come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Universal Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Our second scripture reading today is from Psalm 105, verses 1 through 6 and 37 through 45. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call on his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him. Sing praises to him. Tell of all his wonderful works. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. Remember the wonderful works he has done, his miracles and the judgments he has uttered. O oh, offspring of his servant Abraham, children of Jacob, his chosen ones. Then he brought Israel out with silver and gold, and there was no one among their tribes who stumbled. Egypt was glad when they departed for dread of them had fallen upon it. He spread a cloud for a covering and fire to give light by night. They asked and he brought quails and gave them food from heaven in abundance. He opened the rock and water gushed out. It flowed through the desert like a river. For he remembered his holy promise and Abraham his servant. So he brought his people out with joy, his chosen ones with singing. He gave them the lands of the nations, and they took possession of the wealth of the peoples. 
that they might keep his statutes and observe his laws. Praise the Lord. The word of God for the people of God. And you say, thanks, thanks be, be to, to God. God. Our next hymn is 648, God the Spirit, Guide and Guardian. the Spirit, God and Guardian, winds and flame and hovering dove, breath of life and voice of prophets, sign of blessing, power of love, give to Greater than our creeds rehearse. 
Our third scripture reading for this morning comes from the book of Exodus, chapter 16. This section of passages is headed, Bread from Heaven. The whole congregation of Israelites set out from Elam, and Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the fifteenth day of the second month after they had departed from the land of Egypt. The whole congregation of Israelites complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the flesh pots and ate our fill of bread. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, I am going to rain bread from heaven for you, and each day the people shall go out and gather enough for that day. In that way I will test them whether they will follow my instruction or not. On the sixth day, when they had prepared what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather on the other days. So Moses and Aaron said to all the Israelites, In the evening you shall know that it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your complaining against the Lord. For what are we that you complain against us? And Moses said, When the Lord gives you meat to eat in the evening, and your fill of bread in the morning, because the Lord has heard the complaining that you utter against him, what are we? Your complaining is not against us, but against the Lord. Then Moses said to Aaron, Say to the whole congregation of the Israelites, Draw near to the Lord, for he has heard your complaining. And as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the Israelites, they looked towards the wilderness, and the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. The Lord spoke to Moses and said, I have heard the complaining of the Israelites. Say to them, At twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall have your fill of bread. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. In the evening quails came up and covered the camp. And in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the layer of dew lifted, there on the surface of the wilderness was a fine flaky substance, as fine as frost on the ground. When the Israelites saw it, they said to one another, What is this? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, It is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Gather as much of it as each of you needs, an omer to a person according to the number of persons, all providing for those in their own tents. The Israelites did so, some gathering more, some less. But when they measured it with an omer, those who had gathered much had nothing over, and those who had gathered little had no shortage. They gathered as much as each of them needed. And Moses said to them, Let no one leave any of it over until morning." But they did not listen to Moses. Some left part of it until morning, and it bred worms and became foul. And Moses was angry with them. Morning by morning they gathered it as much as they needed, but when the sun grew hot, it melted. On the sixth day they gathered twice as much food, two omers apiece. When all the leaders of the congregation came and told Moses, he said to them, This is what the Lord has commanded. Tomorrow is a day of solemn rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you want to bake, and boil what you want to boil, 
and all that is left over put aside to be kept until morning. So they put it aside until morning as Moses commanded them, and it did not become foul, and there were no worms in it. Moses said, Eat it today, for today is a Sabbath to the Lord. Today you will not find it in the field. Six days you shall gather it, but on the seventh day, which is a Sabbath, there will be none. On the seventh day, some of the people went out to gather, and they found none. The Lord said to Moses, How long will you refuse to keep my commandments and instructions? See, the Lord has given you the Sabbath. Therefore, on the sixth day, he gives you food for two days. Each of you stay where you are. Do not leave your place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day. The house of Israel called it manna. It was like the coriander seed, white, and the taste of it was like wafers made with honey. Moses said, this is what the Lord has commanded. Let an omer of it be kept throughout your generations in order that they may see the food with which I fed you in the wilderness when I brought you out of the land of Egypt. And Moses said to Aaron, take a jar and put an omer of manna in it and place it before the Lord to be kept throughout your generations. As the Lord commanded Moses, so Aaron placed it before the covenant for safekeeping. The Israelites ate manna 40 years until they came to a habitable land. They ate manna until they came to the border of the land of Canaan. This is the word of God for the people of God. And you say, thanks be to God. If you would please join me again in an attitude of prayer. God of bounty and abundance, you give your grace freely to all people. Your love for your creation knows no bounds and flows like a river across the globe. Your Holy Spirit moves all around us, waiting for us to open the eyes of our hearts and let go of the chains that we place on our own lives. Help us to live into your love, to live into the power of the Holy Spirit, to become the people that you intend for us to be. Help us to share from our abundance with others in need for your glory and the coming of your kingdom. And now may the words of my mouth, the meditations of our hearts together in this place be pleasing in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. All right, we are now in week three of our June sermon series, Faith and Food Tackling Hunger, where we're looking at hunger through the lenses of scripture as well as in our current context. Hunger remains such a devastating problem in our world in every corner of the earth. There are as many as 13 million children in just the United States that live in households that do not have enough food for every family member to be able to lead a healthy life. In Michigan, one in seven children face this issue, or about 300,000 children. We have already spoken about how hunger, both physical and spiritual, can have such a negative impact in our lives, including developmental dis uh, delays and challenges, struggles with behavioral and social problems, and much more. People can get hangry, both physically and spiritually, when they have not been fed and nourished as needed, and a Snickers will not solve either of those issues long term, if at all in some cases, especially if you're allergic to peanuts. 
And food shows up so often in Scripture, it's really no wonder that as United Methodists, we always have food at our meetings, our events, our gatherings, pretty much any other time. Now, last week, we talked about the mentalities that we work from and live within, specifically mentalities of scarcity versus abundance. When we operate from a mentality of scarcity, we close ourselves off from the creative power of the Holy Spirit to work in our lives and in the world. But when we can turn ourselves to work from a mentality of abundance, then utterly amazing things are possible and the love and grace of God flows through every crevice of our lives and it lights the darkest places. But as I mentioned last week, I don't want anyone to feel badly or ashamed or anything like that when I talk about these mentalities of scarcity and abundance. Working from and living into a mentality of abundance can be incredibly challenging. And to add to the normal challenges that that can be for people, we find ourselves still in the midst of a global pandemic where at least it feels like there's truly little abundance of anything other than maybe exhaustion, short tempers, and general feelings of annoyance. I do think it is important, though, that we acknowledge some of the behaviors that we have seen during this time, including the hoarding of resources. Does everyone remember when toilet paper was scarce? I remember walking into a Meyer grocery store whose aisle for toilet paper and paper towel is probably the length, no, greater than the length of just across this sanctuary, and it was completely empty. And my brain kind of popped for a second. Or what about hand sanitizer? That was selling on eBay and on the black market practically for four to five times, if not more, the price. Not too long ago, we saw a panic over gasoline on the East Coast that created a shortage and drove up pricing. All of these situations of people operating from a mentality of scarcity, which during a global pandemic isn't really all that surprising when we think about it. The question for us in our world today, regardless of the pandemic, is what can we share out of our abundance? Are we hoarding and holding on to more than we really need? What is enough? And these questions, again, are not meant to be a guilt trip or cause feelings of shame. They are, however, opportunities for us to better recognize the blessings that God bestows upon us and how we can share those blessings and bless others, especially those who are in dire need. So with all of that in mind, I want to take a deeper look at our third reading this morning from the 16th chapter of the book of Exodus. This section, again, was titled Bread of Heaven. The setting for this section of scripture, we have the Israelites who have just recently escaped from Egypt and the oppression oppression of the Pharaoh, depending on who you ask, and they're out wandering the desert. And because, as we will see throughout the 40 years that they are going to wander, 
they will do this a lot, the Israelites begin to complain. We're told the whole congregation of Israelites complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the flesh pots and ate our fill of bread, for you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Just my personal belief, but I believe that this is definitely a situation of people being hangry. It is also a bit of revisionist history. Only two months after escaping from what they originally decried and described as oppression and torture and just the worst situation to live in, the Israelites are now already speaking about how great things used to be back in Egypt. There has always been a part of me that wants someone to make a movie about, and absolutely nothing else, just about the Israelites wandering through the wilderness for those 40 years. But I think it would almost have to be a comedy, and I'm not sure that would go over well with some people, although I really think Mel Brooks could do a good job. I can picture Aaron coming to Moses with the people's complaints, and Moses throwing his hands up, crying, Ah, oh, come on, now what? Leadership isn't always everything it's cracked up to be. Thankfully, though, Moses had God leading and helping him along the way. So Moses goes to God, tells him all what's going on, and God says, I'm going to rain bread from heaven for you, and each day the people shall go out and gather enough for that day, and that way I will test them whether they will follow my instruction or not. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather on other days. And Moses and Aaron, they go back to the people and they fill them in on the plan. Now there is a part of me that when I read this as a child, or at least younger, remembered picturing loaves of wonder bread falling out of the sky. And I don't think that would have worked quite as well. Later that evening, the quails come, and they cover the camp so they had meat to eat. And then in the morning, they wake up, they find the manna on the ground. They don't know what it is, so they ask. Moses explains it to them, says, It is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord commanded. Gather as much of it as each of you needs. An omer, which is a measurement, uh, to a person according to the number of persons, all providing for those in their own tents. So it's all good, right? You can just check this off. Well, and Moses said to them, let no one leave any of it over until morning. But they didn't listen to Moses, as you're going to see several times. Some left part of it until morning, and it bred worms and became foul. And Moses was angry with them. See, I told you, the Israelites just keep complaining and getting themselves into trouble. They apparently learned their lesson on this particular item about not trying to keep the bread overnight because um, that disobedience is not mentioned again, or at least sort of. Because on the sixth day, the people are told to go gather twice as much food 
because the seventh day is for rest and there's not going to be any food hanging around that morning and that evening. So it's the Sabbath. Everything will stay good to the next day. Nothing's going to go bad. It'll be safe to eat, but only in this situation. There's no man on the seventh day. You know how to pay attention, follow the directions. Seems simple enough, right? Well, we then find out that on the seventh day, some of the people, probably the same ones who were trying to keep the bread overnight and weren't paying attention to the directions, they go out to gather more manna. And of course, there's none there, like they were told. And God's not exactly happy with this. He complains to Moses, How long will you refuse to keep my commandments and instructions? See, the Lord has given you the Sabbath. Therefore, on the sixth day, he gives you food for two days. Each of you stay where you are. Do not leave your place on the seventh day. Amazingly, after that, the people seem to finally kind of get it, and they rest on the seventh day, and they start to follow the rules for now. God even gives instructions to Moses to keep some of the manna for future generations so that they will be able to see how God fed the people and brought them out of their situation in Egypt and sustained them in the wilderness. Now, the text doesn't say if that manna is going to stay good um, or if it's going to turn bad like the rest of the manna if you try to keep it overnight. But I imagined it probably stayed good because otherwise I think it would lose the desired effect on future generations if you held up a jar with moldy bread saying, look, this is how God fed us. I don't, I don't think that would be the message we would be looking for. So Aaron takes the manna, puts it before the covenant, and the people continue to have manna and quail until they finally reach the border of Canaan, the promised land. The Israelites were operating from a place and a mindset of scarcity. And in all fairness, I feel like most of us, if not all of us, can be sympathetic to that reality, even if we haven't been in anything quite the same. The pandemic has some, you know, parallels, I think. Look at how we reacted to a shortage of toilet paper. These people didn't have any food or at least not enough food by a far and fair margin. Again, I really believe many of these people, these Israelites, were suffering from being hangry when they were lashing out at Moses and Aaron with all these complaints. But when they finally get around to following God's instructions, things start to work out, and they get what they need. What a surprise. And I wonder sometimes, as we talked a little bit last week, how might our own lives and our world be different if we could work from the viewpoint of what can we share out of our abundance? We all have an abundance of something in our lives that we can share with others, especially those that are lacking that thing that we have or those things that we have an abundance of. And I know that saying that may seem a bit controversial given the poverty and the hunger that we know and witness in this world? How can I possibly say that everyone has an abundance of something? Well, in my personal experience, 
when it comes to thinking about what we might have an abundance of in our lives, sometimes we need to take a step back. We need to do some self-searching and self-examination. I want to offer you a few hypothetical examples of abundance that some people in specific circumstances might have to share. An older person who is barely making by off of their social security payments or pension. While they might not have an abundance of money or even food, they have an abundance of experience gained over a lifetime. Stories and lessons that they can share with those younger than them that that might go a longer way in helping those people in their own lives, things they never thought about. A child, regardless of their family's resources or abundance, they on their own have an abundance of love that they can and often do share even with people they do not know. Some of you have experienced that with our youngest son, DeAndre, from the first Sunday we were here. The abundance in our lives doesn't have to be money or food or authority or anything like that. Although there are those for whom those things are where their abundance lie, and many of them do share out of their abundance. But your abundance can be countless things. They can be different things. Maybe your abundance is from the ability to sit and listen and visit with someone who is lonely. Maybe your abundance is patience and helping someone who needs a steady and loving helping hand in their lives. We worship and praise and pray to a God of abundance. Our God has an abundance of love, mercy, and grace, and it offers to all. And because our God has an abundance of love and shares that abundance with us, we are never alone. We are never abandoned in this world. When we love each other, regardless of any of those things that we use to divide ourselves into different groups, when we love each other as beloved children of God, then we are sharing out of God's abundance. When we walk with someone who is struggling in their life, we are sharing out of that abundance of God's love. When we acknowledge each other as beloved children of God, all of us, no exceptions, that is when we are sharing out of the abundance of God's love. I want to challenge you to take some extra time in the coming days, weeks, however much time you are able to spend on it. And I want you to make a list of the abundances in your life. Think really, really deep on this. Your list is not going to match anyone else's. There might be a few things that are similar, but no one's list will 100% match anyone else's. Pray to God for guidance and help from the Holy Spirit to help you identify your abundances. Talk with the people in your life who know you best, who can say to you, you know, you have an abundance of fill-in-the-blank here. 
make that list. And then every day, try to share from at least one of those abundances with someone that you see who may be in need. The world really needs everyone to work together out of our abundances to help feed the many hungers that we are struggling with in this world. It's not always physical. Sometimes it's spiritual. Sometimes it's something else. But when we come together, working together, when the Holy Spirit moves among us, the abundances can go and spread and people can be fed. Amen. We are going to, again, close our uh, service with a praise song. Uh, This morning will be Amazing Grace, My Chains Are Gone by Chris Tomlin. I invite you to sit and listen to the words um, and just really let it kind of seep into you.
Children of God, rest in the knowledge that God always provides. Therefore, give and love with a generous heart, for this honors God, who is most generous and loving. Beloved, may God continue to bless you and keep you. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, go and serve the Lord. Amen.